This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. All right, what's up, everybody? We are in part two of this message, and I hope you're excited about it, Um, and I hope this empowers you with respect to the words of your mouth, all right? So loose cannon, the power of the tongue, part two. And so here we go. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word. We pray you speak to us. We pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And we pray, God, that we are changed by this word. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. All right, we're not gonna waste any time today. We're jumping right in. And so um, here it is, all right? My first point is this. We are people of faith, all right? I'm gonna say it again. We are people of faith. And so uh, because we are people of faith, um, that changes everything. We're people of faith. So that touches everything. Faith in Christ touches everything. Why? Because he is Lord. We, we met with somebody today and just connecting with somebody, my wife and I, my wife was encouraging this young person um, just about when we, you know, he is, he is Lord. He is King. So we submit all of who we are in our life to him, everything, right? And so so I, I'm getting somewhere with respect to the sermon to today and in light of um, the, the focus of this message as far as the power of the tongue. And, and so because Christ touches everything, our tongue is just is one thing that he touches. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right. And so um, when we say we're people of faith, what we're also saying, right, that we are people of hope. We are people of life, right? And I mean the life of God, the spirit of life, spiritual life, right? Um, we're speaking of um, joy. We're, we're people of joy. We're, we're people of peace, like the peace of God. We're people of agape love, the unconditional love of God. And so we are people of God. I know this is simple, but um, I think some of y'all know where I'm heading with this. And so because of this is who we are, right? Because we're Christ followers, because we're Christ representatives, because we are ambassadors of Christ, then everything about us is different. That's what one of the definitions of the word holy, it literally just means uncommon or, or different, okay? So we're different. Come on, look at the person next to you, tell them you're different, okay? Come on, say it, say it, say it like you mean it, say I'm different, okay? And that's what holy is. And so we are a holy people. That's why the Bible says that we are a peculiar people. We are God's own special treasure. So because of all that, our language is different. Our our words ought to be different. Um, What we say ought to be different. Now, not everything. But when it comes to the most important things, our language is different than somebody that is not of faith, okay? 
Um, and I'm not just talking about you don't say cuss words anymore. I'm speaking of not just what we're not saying, it is what we are saying. Not just that we don't say certain things, it's that we are saying certain things because we are people of faith. So we talk differently because we believe differently. Can I get an amen? I believe there's a lot of believers that do believe different, but they don't talk different. And, and, and we, got, we have to learn. I believe this is not only a divine work of grace, that God does change us, our language, what we say, how we say it, when we say it, the spirit of our words changes, the motive, and, 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 and even the intentionality. We have a certain, as believers, we have to have a certain intentionality of how we speak of others, ourself, our future, what we speak of God even, okay? And so once again, we talk differently because we believe differently, okay? And like I said, uh, this is a divine work of grace that you can't be different really until God touches you. You can't, yeah, I mean, you can't, people can't just choose to live the Christian life without the power and revelation of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't work. It's not, that's not how it works, okay? Um, it is first and foremost a work of grace, our, our language, our mouth. But it is also, both and, it is a discipline, a learn, we, we learn, we, we change, we develop, we mature, and as we mature, our language changes. Okay, I'm a father of small, three small children, young children, and as they're growing, their language is changing, okay? Luciano is three now. He's got three-year-old language, right? He's, kind of, he's come up out of the one-year language, right? You, you see what I'm saying? And so we, spiritually speaking, um, as we mature, we, 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 we develop discipline. We, we grow spiritually and we we start to watch our words and we in, we're intentional about what we say and how we say. We understand the power, the, the spiritual power of words, okay? And so, um, once again, like we're not just that. It's, I'm not just talking about how we stop saying worldly things, but this is really also about we start saying holy things, okay? So that's what we're going to kind of get in today. Is, um, is just really, and, and this will probably really continue this message, this specific one, like kinda, it, we're kinda, we're gonna continue into next week more it, it, with the same theme, I believe. Um, but uh, when, if you even look at the scripture, right? When, when and I believe this is Acts chapter six, but when, when the people had chosen Stephen to be a deacon, um, and, and really a leader in the early church, um, uh, the Bible says that he was a man full of faith and full of the spirit. So this man just didn't have practical know-how, okay? It wasn't like, oh, he's got, a, he's got his own little business on the side. And so, man, we need to be a leader in the church because he's got, you know, he's got, he's got the certain acumen and leadership ability. No, this man, the qualification point blank was this man was full of faith and full of the Holy Spirit, okay? And so um, I wanted to just kind of, Look at that just for a second, just kind of mention that because when we're full of faith, when we're full of the Holy Spirit, you know, our words are going to change. Our language is going to change. 
And so we got to speak um, what the Spirit of God is saying. We, we got to be people that know how to speak life and, and to speak like Spirit-filled words and intentionality about how we talk to people and how we encourage them, okay? And so here's my next point. Before we get into the scriptures, here is my next point. We're going to talk about this. We need to speak faith-filled words, okay? Understand that, that we need to speak faith over people, into people, speak life, encouragement, um, you know, that, that God is working in their life, that, that they are called and, and, and God does love them and that God has given them a hope in the future. We got to learn. Uh, I, I think we have this by nature of the Holy Spirit inside of us, but we must also discipline and be intentional. Man, I need to, you know, so think about prayer even. Prayer is speaking faith-filled words. You pray over somebody. You lay hands on them. You pray for them. You, you speak hope-filled words. And as we shared the verse last week in John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, you know, uh, the flesh profits nothing. It's the spirit that gives life. He said, the words that I speak, they are spirit and life. He describing his words. He's saying they are spirit-filled and life Filled. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so we need to speak, my brothers and sisters, we need to speak faith-filled words. Speak faith-filled words, all right? And so we're going to go back and forth a little bit. We're going to look at how God uh, wants to touch our heart and touch our lips, okay? So we need, we need God to touch us, all right? Uh, time and time again, I don't think... Um, you know, just because somebody saved and has confessed Christ as Lord doesn't mean they don't need some help with their mouth. Somebody say amen, right? Like I can speak by experience. Uh, this is my testimony, right? Like uh, just because I'm saved, I love the Lord, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean that that I don't need to learn how to bridle my tongue, right? Tame my tongue, right? This is a process. It's a journey. I don't have it all figured out. I'll tell you what, right now, I, I'm, I'm one of those people like Peter, man. My mouth has gotten me into trouble time and time again. And so I understand what it means to be a loose cannon. And I understand what it means to kind of be on the receiving side of a loose cannon. And I, I don't want either. I don't like either. Somebody say amen. Uh, we we want to be people that speak faith-filled words. And so let's look at here in Isaiah chapter 6. I'm going to read uh, um, a few verses here, a handful of verses that are Isaiah 6, verse 6 all the way to verse seven, okay? Um, sorry, not six, uh, sorry, verse one. Isaiah 6, one, um, all the way to verse seven. Um, and so this is how uh, um, God touched the prophet's lips, okay? All right, so here we go. I'm gonna read this quickly here. Once again, uh, Isaiah 6, uh, verse one, and we'll read to verse seven. It says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, which are angelic beings. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, uh, he flew. And one cried to another saying, Holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse four, and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. Verse five, so I said, woe is me. All right, sometimes, you know, we gotta, we gotta be real, right? We get into God's presence, his holy presence. 
I, I believe this, this is the reality of our human condition that we would say, woe is me. You know, for I'm undone. That's what the prophet said, because I am a man of unclean lips, unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Not only was his mouth defiled, unclean, but he was around people with unclean mouths. I'm telling you, all of us have grown up in some environment and some of us have been around environments where, where just people's words, just unclean, uh, discouraging, defeat, just speaking all kinds of defeat, depression, anxiety, fear, just in the words, like, you know, uh, um, just destructive words, right? And maybe even those words, maybe even for some, you grew up around the environment you're in, their words were just demoralizing. They were, uh, you know, just to themselves even maybe, just speaking horrible, ungodly things about themselves, over themselves. And here is the prophet. He's like, man, my lips are unclean and I'm in the midst of a people of unclean lips. So he was obviously affected by his environment. Okay, so for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Verse six, then one of the seraphim flew to me having in his hand a live coal, okay, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. So this is like a, a coal from the altar. The altar is a holy place. It was, it was a place where uh, in, the, in the temple, it's the altar. It is where worship happened. It is where God came and consumed the sacrifice. It's where we they would present their offerings on various altars, okay? So the altar represents God's presence. It represents holiness. It represents God, really, right? Okay, so that's why at church, you know, we come to the altar, right? The altar, quote unquote, the altar. We, we're just coming before God. It's a place of worship, place of sacrifice. It's where they burned incense. It's where they, they did burnt offerings and grain offerings every time an offering was given, it was brought on an altar. It was what they brought to God. So this, 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 the seraphim took a coal from the altar. This, uh, this altar was obviously an altar where they gave burnt offerings of some sort. And so he took the tongue, the tongs, and, and we took it from the altar, verse seven, and he touched my mouth with it and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Okay, your iniquity, it's another word for sin, is taken away and your sin purged. Amazing, just powerful uh, picture of the, what God's presence does and what the actual focal point was. I find it very fascinating that it's the, and this is like literally, this, is this moment with God, this, this communion with God, he's praying, right? And the thing that he mentions is unclean, is the thing that God touched, right? And so in particular, his mouth, his lips. And so here it is. I, I believe this ought to be our prayer this year. When it comes to uh, getting our mouth in line, with God's word, getting our words in line with God's word. This ought to be our prayer this year. In some way, shape, or form, here it is. Touch my lips, Lord. All right? And so, prophet came in there, man, and, and then the, the touching of his lips 
his iniquity was taken away and his sin purged, meaning sin and iniquity were tied to this man's lips. There was a connection to the sin and it was through his mouth, his words, what, what, you know, what they were saying. And so we, we got, that ought to be our prayer. Not, all, not only Lord touch my heart, and we're going to talk about that. Now they're connected here today. But Lord, touch my lips. God, touch my lips. Holy Spirit, touch my lips. All right? Touch my lips, Lord. And you know what? Sometimes choosing not to say anything is the wisest thing to do. All right? Can I get an amen? Sometimes choosing to not say anything is the wisest thing to do. All right? And there's a connection here, okay? Um, there's a connection with our heart and mouth, okay? And so, Lord, touch our, our lips. But here, let's look at this now. In Mark chapter 7, verse 6, I'll read this. Mark 7, verse 6. And it says, He answered and said to them, speaking of Jesus, Well did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites. Now, he is speaking to the religious elite, Okay? And he's saying, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. All right. So, so let's let, say this with me. Say, say, touch my lips, Lord, and touch my heart, Lord. All right. Touch my lips and Lord, touch my heart. Okay. These are what we want God to touch. Like one of our prayer focuses, we are launching our fast today after church, 14 days. Once again, if you want to get that kind of fasting content and everything we provide to help you in your fast, just text the word fast to our number, 323-405-3232. Just text the word fast to our number. And we and you'll get a link to a, a couple Google Docs documents that will just help you with the fast and give you ideas, uh, prayer points, scriptures, everything. Okay, and and even different types of fast that you can choose. All right. But anyway, uh, with that said, uh, one of our main prayer points is is that for this year and even this fast is we want a heart for God. Okay, we we want a heart for God. Not, not for his blessings. We're not chasing God for blessings. We are chasing God for God, right? We, we want God. And, and I, yes, he's going to bless us. But, but we're, we're, not, we're not going after his hand. We're, we're going after his heart, right? Like we want his heart. And so that's the encouragement in our fast, like that we want a heart for God. And when we say that, God, I want a heart for you. What are we saying? I really believe what we're saying. Let's take it a step further. Lord, touch my lips and Lord, touch my heart. Lord, purify me. God, do your work in me, right? We're, we're inviting him in to, to our, our, our person, right? The, the, uh, the heart and the mouth, our minds, our motives, our thoughts, all of that. But specifically in this moment, Lord, touch my lips and touch my Mouth, Lord, touch my lips, Lord, and touch my heart, Lord. Okay? And so, hallelujah. All right, say it one more time. Say it one more time. Say, touch my heart, Lord. When I struggle with doubt, these are some things I say in faith. Okay? Um, and I've said this before, and, I, I, and 
And this is uh, something just me and my makeup, the way I'm wired as a person. I'm very practical, okay? I'm very practical. Those that know me know this. And I'm very realistic, okay? And to a fault, all right? I am more times than not, I, I'm, I'm realistic. I'm a, I, I'm a realist. And uh, I'm not saying that's all good. I'm just saying that's what it is, okay? That's kind of how I am. So, but with that, I have to train myself in some ways, discipline myself to stay in faith. And one of the ways I do it is I, I do say things. I vocalize what I believe in faith, okay? And so when I'm struggling with a doubt or something, or, and I'm just like, man, I, need, I, I just know in that moment, man, I just need to speak what God is saying. I need to say what God has said. I need to declare in faith what God has said. And here's our, these are real things just I say, and then they just kind of come to me in the moment at times, but I just want to encourage you with this. This is part of disciplining ourselves to not rehearse the problem time and time again and go into that deep, potentially like dark place of just the flesh, the problem, the reality, and to stay in faith, okay? So here it is. These are some things I say when I'm struggling with doubt in, in a moment. These are just, and, and, and hey, this isn't like rocket science here, okay? This isn't, I'm not trying to act like I'm profoundly spiritual. I'm just saying they, these are things that just come out of my heart and my spirit that, that, that I say, okay? We shared that, I'm gonna share these, but I just wanna kind of reiterate the importance of this and kind of the context of why I'm sharing this is, this is the word of faith which we preach, okay? We believe and therefore speak. So part of believing is speaking, okay? That, that In the scripture, part of believing is speaking. Not all of it, but part of it is what you're saying, okay? And so here it is. These are things I say. Thank you, Lord, that I'm called to do this. Thank you. I just say that. I don't feel it. Maybe what I'm feeling is actually opposite to that. Maybe in a moment I feel inadequate. I'm doubting where I am and what I'm doing. And I say, thank you, Lord, that I am called to do this. Okay? Other things I say, I say is, is, is I declare this. I say this. I open my mouth and I say, God's hand is on my life. Why? Because the Bible says it. Okay? All right, come on, somebody say amen. Uh, the book of Psalms says, he has hedged me behind and before, and he has put his hand upon me. So scripture, I say it, God's hand is on my life. Can I get an amen, somebody? Here's some other things. Uh, this is Romans 8, but I say this. I do say this frequently. If I'm in a moment, I'm going through some things. Anybody going through any things? I say this, all things are working together for good because I love God and I'm called according to his purpose. All things are working together for good. I don't understand it. I don't feel it. I don't see it naturally. I don't see it, but spiritually, on a spiritual level, on a truth level, this is what my Bible says and I'm gonna say it. All things are working together for good. Hallelujah. Here's some other. One. Here's another one. Thank you, Lord that I'm walking by faith and I stand in grace. I say that a lot, a lot 
I like that verse out of Romans that says, uh, we have peace with God in the grace in which we now stand. Okay, I believe that's in Romans chapter five, but it's in there. And we have peace with God in the grace in which we now stand. And so I say that uh, pretty frequently. I say, thank you, Lord, I stand in grace, right? Maybe the winds of, of, of life, the storm of life is contrary. I say, thank you, Lord, I stand in grace. I have peace with God and the grace in which I now stand. All right, here's, I'll just give you one more. Here's another one. God, you are with me. You are, you are uh, for me and you are in me. God, you are with me. You are in me and you are for me. All right, so my question to you is, what are you saying in faith, what what are you speaking? I, I'm not. I'm not. I didn't ask you what you're not saying. I'm asking you what you are saying. Not. I'm not saying. Did you stop saying those worldly things? I'm asking you. That that's that that's important. But uh, what holy things are you saying? Because these are holy things. This is God's holy word that I am saying. These are His promises. And one way we lay hold of promise is we, we, we speak it. Come on, somebody. You know, we speak this thing, okay? And so here it is. Here's my next point. Our tongue is the fruit of our heart. Or, kind of, you know, our words. Now, I understand that people can say something. They can be in a rough patch, kind of rough moment, and really say something that's not really like them. Like they, they said something off. They were angry. They were upset. And they said something. And, and, and we don't want to judge people based on a weak moment. But scripturally speaking, you know, our words are the result of something deeper beneath the surface. Okay. And I know that many times when I say words, I'm speaking of a pattern, right? This like condition, this, the flow of our words. It, it, it's like, it's like consistently what you're saying in the rhythm of life. It's like, if you're constantly speaking doubt and unbelief and it is chronic, man, God touch my heart, okay? Because our tongue, and we're gonna read some verses here about this, but our tongue is the fruit of our heart. It, it's, it's really where it's coming from. And so if there is a pattern and it is unhealthy, this is where we go before the Lord and say, God, touch my heart. God, purify my heart. Lord, heal me. Come on, somebody. Lord, deliver me. God, deal with the soul. God, touch the soul. Like if there's something, God, I'm shutting you off from. I'm not letting you in there. Come on now. Open the door. Open the window. Say, Holy Spirit, come in and heal us. Right? Because this is true. You know, our tongue our words and what we're rehearsing, right, is the fruit of the soil of our heart, okay? So the things and the way that we speak or the spirit of our words, the consistent flow of this is testifying of a true heart condition. Can I get an amen? Doesn't mean, look it, doesn't mean somebody's a bad person. This isn't a condemning thing. It just means, no, there's work to be done in the soil. There, there, there's a soil problem. 
can I get an amen? We got to get those thorns and thistles out of there. We got to get that bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment, that perversion, that addiction. I don't know. But something that is, isn't of God is now has, has kind of housed itself in the soil of our heart in some respect. And man, we need that, we need that good soil so that word can get planted, so that word can come out of our mouth and we see the fruit of it. Come on, somebody. So, you know, words reveal soul condition. Somebody say amen. Okay, here we go. I'm going to read this quickly. Matthew chapter 15, verse 16 to 20. I'm going to read quickly. Here we go. Matthew 15, verse 16. So Jesus said, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? Speaking of food, because they were saying, you know, they were saying that you can't eat food with unwashed hands. It was just a religious thing to them. It didn't really mean anything to these people. They're just doing it out of religious ritual. Okay, verse 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. Mm, somebody say, mm -hmm. come on now. Mm -hmm. Say it with me, say, mm -hmm. but those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart and they defile a man. Somebody say defile. So we get the word unclean. Isaiah said, my lips are unclean. Jesus says, what comes out of your mouth comes from your heart. And if it's wrong, if it's off, if it's not of God, it defiles us. Verse 19, for out of the heart, for out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. Verse 20, these are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Say it with me, folks. Say, Jesus, touch my heart. I just want to just read verse 18 one more time. Here it is. This, take this home with you, folks. Take this home with you. Meditate on this. Matthew 15, verse 18. But those things which proceed out of the mouth. Somebody say loose cannon. Somebody say loose cannon. But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart. All right, and they defile a man. Come on now, somebody look at somebody and say, watch your words. Somebody say it with me, say, cleanse my heart, Jesus. All right, here we go. Matthew chapter six, verse 31. It's my last verse, my last verse. Matthew six, verse 31. We're gonna read the verse 34. Here it is. Um, this is saying a lot here. This is saying a lot. Matthew 6, verse 31. Therefore, do not worry. Okay? Um, the King James says, take thought. Okay? Um, Therefore, do not worry or do not take thought. Saying. Don't take a thought and say it. Okay? Here we go. Um, This is my last point. Don't say everything you think. Don't say everything you think. Okay, that's what this word worry means. It means to take a thought. Okay, you can't prevent every thought. Okay, the devil's gonna tempt us. The devil is gonna tempt us. We're just gonna have thoughts. I'm not saying every thought is either God or the devil. It's not that, like, you know, we have a brain, we have thoughts, we imagine, we think, okay? 
Um, so I know the human element of our thoughts, right? But even, um, you know, our own thoughts need to be renewed, our thinking, right? But here, look at this. This is profound. Therefore, do not worry or do not take thoughts saying, okay? Um, so don't say everything you think. My wife says this to me at least once a week. Just because you think it doesn't mean you need to say it, okay? A wise woman once told me, <laughs> uh, just because you think it doesn't mean you need to say it. Well, actually, she didn't just once tell me. She tells me that probably once a week. Somebody say amen. So therefore, do not worry. Do not take thought saying. Okay, so let's read the whole verse. Um, sh what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Verse 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Do not take thought about tomorrow. Speaking of worry, anxiety, taking it. It means to take it, to kind of conceive that thought and rehearse it and begin to see it, say it. And he's saying, don't take thought about tomorrow. Don't borrow that. Don't take that. Don't pick that up, right? For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You know what I'm saying? I got enough going on today. Don't need to be worrying about tomorrow. Okay, so it's saying, you know, and our emotions come into play with this. Am I right? You know, and so you, here's the, here's the point here, right? You don't have to take every thought that's handed to you, right? You, you don't have to take it. That's what worry is. Worry is hearing, getting a thought and taking it. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's going to happen? Oh, no. This. And we start to rehearse this thing and we get all worried and jumbled and frustrated and vexed about something that didn't even happen. All right. Somebody say amen. Therefore, do not take thought saying. And so the operative word here is taking the thought and then saying it says, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't say everything you think. All right. And so our emotions can get the best of us. All right. And we're going to pray here in a moment. But here we go. Um, social psychologists. OK, I, I, I looked this up a little bit, but social psychologists have discovered that emotional response to given stimuli is milliseconds faster than cognitive or thinking response, meaning our emotions move at a higher frequency than, than reason, okay? Anybody ever get into trouble and it's like your emotions were all jumbled and something came out of your mouth because your emotions were awry. You, you were stirred up and you, then you look back and go, man, I shouldn't have said that, right? Right, can I get a show of hands here? Okay, can I get a show of hands, right? And so, this is where, as I said in the beginning of the message, I wanted to end with this. This is where our discipline comes in. Lord, touch our mouth. Lord, touch our heart. And we need to learn how to pause when something happens in our, and, and because of through our emotions, whether it's our words or even our actions, okay? Because our emotions are deceptive at times. Like, can I, can I, our feelings are not always telling the truth. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right. And I understand that, you know, we have feelings and, and, and there, that we have moments, but the Bible promises. There's a promise in the scripture and it says in different ways, but I, I, I'll use Psalm 23, that he restores our soul. 
I believe through the restoration process of the sanctified soul that we can become more like Jesus and better when it comes to things happening, our emotions being affected and us being able to discipline ourselves and to, instead of speaking death, okay, we speak life or even be able to pause and not allow our emotions to control our reaction and that we would actually respond in faith instead of react in the flesh. Can I get an amen? So what God is saying and what I am thinking can be two different things, right? Let me say it this way. What God is saying and what I am feeling can be two different things, right? And so here it is. I just want to read from my notes here before I pray. Let's discipline ourselves to say in faith the opposite of what we feel, okay? We must have a context and an environment to communicate how we feel. I mean, there, even in the teaching of prayer, that, that is a part of prayer. If you read Psalms, like that is a place. So I'm not, I don't want to take that out of or, or say that that is wrong or bad. No, but and also, right? Both and we must. There are going to be times where it's like, no, this is not the moment to just say how I feel. Like this is the moment to say in faith what God has said. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right. Well, like I said before, feelings can be deceptive. And feelings don't always tell the truth. And so we must, there will be moments and times where God is saying, speak my word in this situation. And, and, and God is calling for us to be people of faith. And that plays out in our language and our words, especially in those rough moments or times of trial that we're walking through. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your presence. I thank you, Lord, for your anointing. I thank you, Lord, that you are touching our hearts and you are touching our lips. Lord, touch us with your holy presence so we can be changed, so we can be a part of walking in and, and, and seeing your promises actualized in our life. In Jesus' name I pray. Everybody said I hope you enjoyed the message. And my prayer is that you will change your world as a result. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings. And don't forget to follow us on social media. Peace.